You know, when he says something, I listen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have you, have you done anything noteworthy, mentionable? Maxi steps into a long three and hits it. Just when you need a bucket, Tyrese Maxi delivers. Patience, frugality, sacrifice. When you boil it down, what do those three things have in common? Those are choices. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Hoops and Cards, our podcast community for collectors and investors of, yeah, mostly NBA basketball cards with the second round of the playoffs in full swing. Not sure if you got to see it, but yeah, Phoenix is up 2-0, and yeah, Miami's up 2-0, but some big games last night. I mean, Jimmy Butler doing the Jimmy Butler thing, but you had Tyrese Maxey with 34 points. You had Luka Doncic doing the Luka thing, and uh, where are you at, card collector and investor? Today, we're going to talk about breakout players, looking specifically, actually, at a guy that I have invested in for a little, well, a little under a year now. Just buying up Tyrese Maxey cards. I didn't know he was going to go off like this. I didn't know he'd be playing so big for a playoff team. I hoped he would, right? There were some things I liked about him. We'll talk about those. But now we're at this quest to find the next. Who's the next breakout player? The next Darius Garland? The next Miles Bridges? The next, wow, John Moran? So uh, we got some business to do to look ahead to next season, to not live in the past but plan for the future, so let's get after it. What up? What up, everybody? This is Gary. Great to be back with you. Uh, I feel like making an episode after every NBA playoff game that I watch, and that's that's overkill. Uh, but last night's games were uh, telling on on a variety of levels, and uh, certainly both series are at a uh, anyway. Dallas and Philadelphia have their backs to the wall, but they're going back home. And uh, you guys, I uh, a little bit about hoops and cards podcast because I, I want to set up. Three, three different conversations for today uh, that I would just put on the table and, you know, two of them I think you're already having, you're, you're already asking yourself um, or you're, you're considering. If you're, if you're listening, I kind of assume that you like basketball cards <laughs> uh, or somebody told you that you should listen to a sports card podcast to help you fall asleep. I, I don't know. Like, I, I assume that you, you like the NBA and you are at least getting into cards or you've been into cards, you're, you're thinking about investing in basketball cards, you're learning about it, uh, you're, you're like wanting to improve your knowledge base when it comes to this whole hobby thing. And, and so I'm just going to set up 
uh, a little bit with background of how we started this podcast and why we did. And, and in fact, it was it was all brought to mind yesterday in a, just a great conversation with uh, another content creator in the hobby who I think does a fabulous job on on basketball and a whole bunch of other things. So, um, you know, we're just talking about the beginning of our platforms of our podcast. And I was like, you know, when I, uh, got back into this in COVID year, 2020, um, I, here was my deal. I, uh, got into cards, was buying and selling cards, started listening to podcasts. And I listened to at, at the time it was when four or five of, of what are now the, the headline podcasts in sports cards. And I, I say their names frequently because I still enjoy them. And I know a lot of you, you are into basketball, but also baseball, hockey, football, soccer, F1, you know, all the things. There's so many ways to enjoy, to profit, to get involved in this hobby that there, there's room for so many different content creators and personalities. But I started listening to Sports Card Investor with Jeff Wilson. I started listening to Lucas Tigers and Bronze with Cage and Andrew. They rock. They've been so encouraging to me. I, I started listening to Card Talk and Slab Stocks. Sam Dunks. Sam was one of our first guests on Hoops and Cards. And I started listening to Pack to the Future. Uh, Chad, Tim, and Ricky, you guys are hilarious. Uh, we love you. Keep it up. Uh, it's totally fun to listen to on the weekend. But I, I listened to a variety of podcasts and I, I found myself like talking back to them in the car, talking back to those guys in, in just like jokes or adding comments or what about this guy? Or, you know, I, I agree with that or I made that mistake, you know. But after a while, I realized I, I found myself listening mainly to their episodes when they talked about the NBA or when they talked about basketball cards and, uh, you know, ranked players as goodbyes in basketball. And, and I started to realize, hey, there were very few uh, basketball card specific podcasts. There were very few that they just talked about the NBA or they just talked about the, the issues on, on a more than once a month or twice a month basis. There were very few podcasts devoted to basketball cards. And so, uh, you know, I did listen to several that I thought were doing a good job. I thought the hobby box with Boris, I thought that was really good. I don't know why it stopped. Um, there's, there's a, just a variety of basketball card related podcasts that either they slowed down or stopped doing episodes. They, um, they weren't doing them frequently enough. Uh, there were a couple that just were dry and not fun to listen to. And so I'm like, you know what? It took me, took me a while, but I finally was like, I'm jumping in. We're doing this. We're starting it. Hoops and Cards started in March of 2021. And the idea, or sorry, 20, yeah, 21. The idea, <laughs> the idea was, hey, we're going to talk about basketball cards for the regular guy, regular gal, uh, not super expensive stuff, but we're going to do it twice a week and we're going to interview guests uh, that, that know about the NBA or know about basketball cards, know about sports card investing. And, um, and I was going to say, Hey, let's, let's help you as a basketball card collector, stay out in front of 
trends of player developments, of new card releases, of the, the moves in the hobby. You know, some some podcasts and some platforms, they focus on, hey, here's what things have done in the last month or the last two weeks. And I, I appreciate that. I think we learn a lot by looking at what happened the last two weeks and what went up and what card cards popped and, you know, all that stuff. I, you know, I think that's the value of card ladder and, um, sports card investor. I think that's the value of a lot of the, the metrics, people measuring what they did and how cards have gone up. But I realized after a while, uh, that's, that's not enough. That's where I live. Like sometimes I'm not, I'm not actually helped by telling me, Hey, here's the card you should have bought because it just went up 20% last night. Like I don't just, thanks for the knowledge, but I don't really need that. What I need is conversation about who's the next, who, what card, what product, what player is next. And you don't get that by talking to sport card guys. You don't, you get that by talking to NBA guys and listening to NBA sports writers and watching basketball games and, and hearing the quotes and, and reading in insider information that you might get from uh, you know, ESPN.com as a member or the athletic, which I subscribed to uh, a month ago and absolutely love it. Uh, the insider information, right? I Don't tell me how good Tyrese Maxey is after he had 34 points in a playoff game last night. I, I mean, the, the my response to that is, I know. <laughs> like, I was buying Tyrese Maxey cards last August. September, October, November, and I'm still buying Tyrese Maxi cards. I still am. Uh, tell, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I don't need someone to show up and tell me, "Hey, uh, Desmond Bain is good," or "Hey, that one dollar card that you could have had two days ago is now up forty percent." And uh, I love all the content creators I mentioned, but I'm just going to pick on a show that I enjoy listening to pretty regularly is the top five cards of the week on sports card investor. I, I, I recommend it cause I like the way they think. I like the way Jeff and teapot and all those guys do their thing. Uh, it, it helps me stay somewhat aware of other sports, but this past week they did a, an episode, the top five, and they look back, like I said, at what cards did and how they jumped in the last seven to 10 days. And the two NBA players they mentioned, I'm going to sound critical here because I'm being critical. Uh, And you guys will get this. The two NBA players they mentioned in their 20-minute podcast were Kobe White and Brandon Clark. I'm going to say that again. Kobe White and Brandon Clark. On their Tuesday show. You might listen to Sports Card Investor for two straight weeks and the only NBA names you hear them celebrate were Kobe White and Brandon Clark. And I would just say, you know, good to know that your stats showed you that Kobe White went up 32% or whatever it was, or a certain card of his did great last week or the last 10 days. Or Brandon Clark, because he got 12 rebounds, you know, and is playing a a key role for Memphis. (laughs) Um, First of all, that's past information on two players. And then second of all, that I would never recommend. You will not hear me get on the podcast. You will not hear basketball card guys get on and say, you know what? Here's two guys we should be talking about. 
uh, the fourth or fifth guard on the, the eliminated Chicago Bulls and the backup center for the Grizzlies team who's like the sixth option on offense. Like, you just won't hear me talk about them. Uh, be- and so I'm like, that's that, that alone, you guys, is why we do a basketball card podcast. That alone is why I gravitate towards things like uh, the basketball card strategy show that nooffseason.com is doing every once in a while. And I loved the Sam Dunks podcast from Slab Stocks. And like, help me think through big picture NBA stuff. I can't, I can't, nothing helps me when you're talking about players that what they did 10 days ago and guys that I, I would not want to be stuck with Kobe White cards and Brandon White, Brandon Clark cards. I just, I, I, I've been there. I've, I've done that, right? I can go on eBay and check sold listings for myself. What what we talk about here, you guys, is not, wow, look what Tyrese Maxey did, although I want to celebrate it and look at my cards and say, all right, what's the plan? The conversation now, though, is uh, what are we doing with Maxey from here on out? Am I still a buy? Are we still a buy? Are we still investing? And why? And then the second thing is, okay, who's next? Who is the next Tyrese Maxey? Who is the next player who maybe had a decent year and like Maxi last year was maybe, you know, just under 10 points a game. Well, he's now, I don't know if you heard, but he had 34 points last night in a playoff game against the Miami Heat. And, and newsflash, he's been doing it the entire postseason. So I want to know who's next. I don't want you to tell me I missed out on Tyrese Maxey or Desmond Bain you know, I don't, I don't, that's, that's great. Thanks for, thanks for rubbing it in. I, I want to help us think through and learn from people who are thinking through, Hey, all those things that went into making Tyrese Maxi pop this year and all those things that went into making Darius Garland pop this year and all those things that went into John Morant taking the next level leap. You know, I could, I could go on and on and list players right now that, that had a better season, Miles Bridges. R.J. Barrett, lots of players stepped up their games this year. But what goes into, right, finding the next Tyrese Maxey? So it's those two things I want to focus on. And let me clarify one more time. If you heard me be uh, critical a moment ago of other podcasts, just know that I have subscribed to them, listened to them for two years, and love what they do and agree with almost all of their basketball card takes. I just feel we need something regular that helps us look forward. So we're going to do that. What to do now about Maxi, And then also who's the next one? Who's the next Tyrese? words about Tyrese Maxey. Full disclosure is, like I said, I started buying Maxey cards seriously last summer. And most of those were at card shows out of dollar boxes, two dollar boxes, three and five dollar boxes, buying uh, base parallels, uh, cards that were under five dollars of the main brands. So Prism, Select, yes, even though they're overprinted, I bought them. Donruss, Optic, Mosaic, 
awesome looking cards. Just buying pretty much any Tyrese Maxi from the main brands and uh, making a big stack of them. And just believing, at, at the time, here's what I liked about him, okay? And there's some of these ingredients of the Maxi story that I'm going to go back then and say, all right, let's, let's see if those circumstances uh, translate or project to any other players that could possibly break out next year and be what I said, the next Tyrese Maxey. Uh, with Maxey, you had a kid from Kentucky. So those are often the top recruits, the top talents in the country, right? Kentucky, a guy that everybody said uh, could score, good athlete, good future, but he fell in the draft, fell hard. Some people thought he was top five. He fell to like, what, the 20s and Philly? Well, what he did was he fell to, and then the guy falls in the draft, he has a chip on his shoulder to go out, work hard, and prove everybody wrong. So here you've got a kid who, Tyrese, uh, if you follow the NBA, very hardworking, uh, humble, but very hardworking, works for Doc Rivers, who is a who was the point guard in the NBA for 15 years, probably a Hall of Famer, and invests in, coaches up, develops young point guards, young players. And uh, gradually, for most part, gradually gives them playing time. Now, he's taken some heat at times for not playing the young guys soon enough. But with, <laughs> with Tyrese, it's hard to criticize the way Doc has brought him along into this spot. And with Tyrese going into this past season, so you have a, a young guy with scoring potential who's had a year of the NBA under his belt who didn't play bad last year. He just didn't get a lot of minutes, Right. A combo guard who likes to have the ball in his hands with a great coach on a playoff team who isn't expected to carry an offense, who isn't expected to run everything and dominate. He's just expected to go go play, go do you. And then going into this season, you have the Ben Simmons saga. And Ben Simmons was often the point forward, ball dominant, blah, blah, blah. Well, beginning of the season, it was like, well, I don't know if Ben Simmons is coming back. And if he is, who knows when. So all of a sudden, Tyrese is vaulted into, gosh, somebody's got to bring the ball up the court. <laughs> right? They're not going to let Matisse or Seth Curry bring the ball up the court. And if they are, it's not going to be fast, uh, you know, fast break basketball. So Tyrese was, in, was starting going into this year for a playoff team where he would handle the ball and he... He is like, while willing to humbly defer to bigger name teammates like Embiid and now James Harden, sometimes too much, uh, he can also get his. He can also get lots of buckets. Scoring, uh, he's a three-level scorer. This is another thing that the scouts loved about him. He can fast break, beat his man off the dribble, take him to the basket, mid-range shots around the free throw line, floaters, uh, very good at those and a decent three-point shooter, even last season. And so you've got a guy who can hit from long-range shots to mid-range to fast break, layoffs, get to the rim, and finish. And I'll say this, uh, that's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive because, I mean, right now we're seeing in the holes in, a, a, in the game of James Harden. I was listening to a podcast earlier today about, like, he doesn't have a mid-range game. He's either step back three or draw a foul. 
make some free throws. Like, James Harden game isn't translating to the playoffs very well unless he gets his calls. And when he does, it's frustrating to watch, but it, it works. You know, it's worked for him for many years. But Tyrese Maxey had all those right ingredients going into this season, and his card values were low. He was under the radar in his set or in his in his year of cards. You had people investing highly in Lamelo Ball, highly in Anthony Edwards, as they should, and perhaps early on, highly in James Wiseman, Patrick Williams. There were a variety of guys that people thought would come in and just be awesome. Like, you know, a year ago, I was like, oh, Pokashevsky, he could be the next Dirk Nowitzki. Their last syllable rhymes, ski. You know, I, we don't know sometimes with these lower draft picks or mid-first round guys what they're going to turn into and and all that. But but just just let's just sum it up this way. Tyrese came in to the season as a starter on a team that needed him to handle the ball and contribute some points. A track record of being able to do that or the talent and potential to be able to do that that, that Kentucky wanted him and that everybody talked about him falling in the draft to mid-late first-round pick. Uh, you know, his game actually felt like a lot like Kevin Porter Jr. to me, only with uh, the chance to start on a playoff team and with a bit of humility and a coach like Doc Rivers. Like, it seemed like the perfect storm of, hey, this guy has a chance to have a fantastic year. And that's exactly what he did. And if you listen to Hoops and Cards or other basketball card shows, you you sometimes get the, hey, here's the best players from the 2020 rookie class. The guys I mentioned earlier, like Anthony Edwards is awesome. LaMelo Ball is awesome. They are now sitting at home watching Tyrese Maxey play or pretending that he's not. Sometimes there's uh, value in projecting what player who's under the radar could have a good season and uh, and make an impact in the postseason. That's right. So so he's benefiting right now from being uh, you know alongside better players. Maybe maybe eventually he's the the alpha dog on a team or he's the one of the all stars on the team. But right now he benefits from being on a playoff team with Embiid and and now Harden and Tobias Harris who's silently one of the best all-around players in the NBA, like Maxi benefits from the roster around him and and that helped him grow. That's helped him get noticed. That's helped him in moments like last night where <laughs> James Harden wasn't doing much and Bede couldn't play. And dude, we need someone to score. And uh and Tyrese Maxi shines. So I here's my deal with Maxi. Uh there are still bargains out there on his rookie cards. There are still lots of bargains. I see his upside. I'd I'd rather let somebody else say this, but I I see his upside as uh, an all-star as early as next season, depending on playing time and Philly's overall performance. I do, but you know, you also got to realize that people can play all-star quality but the East can only accept, or, or whatever team, the All-Star teams can only accept like 26 to 30 total guys. So you might be having a fantastic season, Tyler Hero, but you're, there's like eight other guards that are having a better season in your, in your conference. So I, all I'm saying is 
there is a chance that he's an all-star next season. And Tyrese Maxey is, what, 21 years old? And my, my thought about him is, in a couple years, you'll hear about him signing a max contract and being the face of the 76ers for the next 10, 15 years. So, we're along for the ride, and as an NBA fan, what I did was I bought all those cheap cards. Some of them I want to keep for the next 10 or 15 years, and some I'm going to sell off gradually and say, that that was a lot of profit, and I'm glad I did it. My regrets, if I have them, about Tyrese Maxey, and I, I really shouldn't, would be that I wish I had bought some numbered cards early on, some autograph cards early on, some of his lesser-known cards, some graded cards. I wish I had bought a ton of his Prism Silvers, like every time I saw one, should have just bought it. Uh, the first one I'll never forget, I got for $5 at a card show. The second one I got for $30 at a card show. The third one I got for, uh, it was a 25 or 30. And uh, yeah, I still have, I, one was graded a PSA 9 by uh, PSA and the other one I'm sitting on, probably gonna grade in the future or sell raw in a couple years, I don't know. Send me an offer, send me an offer. At Hoops and Cards. In fact, if you listen to, um, Hoops Plus, that's our subscriber platform. Some of you basketball card geeks like me, you want you want even more conversations. Like I go through, hey, my whole strategy on Garland and Maxi. here's what I did, here's what I wish I did, uh, here's what I think of them and some cards to look for. You know, there, there was a lot more time on those two guys spent on a recent episode of Hoops Plus. Information's in our show notes for today, but it's it's a it's been a fun resource, an outlet for me to talk about and process with people. So I think, I think Maxi is still a buy in most cases, but I, I will say this, uh, there are times to buy that are better than others. And right now, after that game last night, I went on eBay, did the sold listings. And if you saw May 4th, like may the fourth be with youth, uh, tons of Maxis sold last night during and after the game, tons of maxis and some of you are like yep i sold some and got some profit uh good for you and congrats and that's that's part of what this thing this whole thing's about however if you don't have a, a a timeline for buying back into tyrese maxi i can't help you i don't know i don't know what else you need to see from a young player and from a card opportunity i mean anthony edwards and Lamelo ball cards are still more expensive than his for no apparent reason except that they are big names and they got out sooner. And the fact that like, okay, so two weeks ago, my in-laws were in town and we were somehow talking about sports cards and they got me going and, and um, you know, they listened, Brian listened to an episode. Hey, Bri. Uh, so, so dude, I, I just, as a test, I said, hey, um, hey, Brian, do you know, do you know the name Tyrese Maxey? And he didn't. He certainly knows LaMelo's name. He's been hearing LaMelo since the Ball Brothers were a thing, right? They still are a thing. But he didn't know Tyrese Maxey. I took a poll at the Philadelphia airport like three weeks ago. I asked like five people, do you guys know who Tyrese Maxey is? One. One out of five knew who Tyrese... In Philadelphia. So I think there's still lots of people who don't know what they're dealing with here. They've already moved on to baseball cards or they've already moved on to football prospecting or oh Bowman University like great for you 
Tyrese Maxey is still a buy. Buying opportunity will probably be best September, October, August, or anytime you run into one of those people who's just glad to make $3 on a Tyrese Maxey flip. Congratulations on your three bucks. Tyrese Maxey cards that you can get graded. Tyrese Maxey cards that are parallel, numbered, rookies, uh, short prints. I already said numbered. Uh, autograph cards. Dude, there was one three weeks ago at a card show where I asked a friend of mine, hey, how much is your uh, maxi autograph? And he said, 100 bucks. It was a mosaic scripts auto rookie of Tyrese Maxi. And I like just nodded. I'm like, hmm, hmm. I thought about it the rest of the day. And now you can't find that card anywhere for less than $200. So I've missed the boat on some of these, but I'm starting, I've been looking the whole year for who's next. Who is the next Tyrese Maxey. I'm not sure that I've found him. I'm not sure that I'm confident about anyone, you know, in a similar place that's like less than 10 points a game this year, playing for a playoff team, has a strong coach, can score from three levels, was highly regarded as a scorer coming out of high school and college. Like I can't, humble and hardworking and fun to watch and blah, blah, blah. I can't, I hope I find more than one Tyrese Maxey for next season. But uh, that's, that's the quest for me and for a lot of us right now. So I'll talk a little bit about that after this break. But I hope you find the next. I mean, that's, I'm here for you guys. I'm not here to go, like, look, I made $2 on a Tyrese Maxi Select Concourse Blue Retail. No, this is for you. I want you to find the next three most improved player candidates and, and make some money so that next year you're going, see, <laughs> think ahead. I think deep down, you know, probably more than anyone. You guys, I can't tell you how much I wish I knew for sure who the next Tyrese Maxey is. I felt very strongly that Darius Garland was going to break out. <clears throat> I felt strongly that Tyrese Maxey was going to break out. Uh, some of the guys that come to mind for next next season or the near future in the NBA, let me just say I'm looking for the same, formula is not the right word, but the same mix of ingredients. A guy that can score a lot of points. People seem to, <clears throat> I think we all do, we're impressed with scoring. And obviously that makes a difference on a, you know, on the team and how far they go. But you're looking at guys that score points, guys that currently are undervalued, guys that are on a maybe playoff team or or even better, like a deep playoff run kind of a team. And uh, guys that are going to have an increased role next season for whatever NBA team they are on. And, you know, there are some that I would consider uh, this, this current season as in the same camp as a Tyrese Maxey, like he's not the only one that's had a great year as opposed to the previous year. Like you could say Jordan Poole, Jalen Brunson, Desmond Bain. There's a, there's a good list of players who are right there with Tyrese and you can decide if they are still good bargains uh, to invest in for next season. Anthony Simons is a player I like a lot as far as what he's already shown he can do as a starter in Portland. 
now for him to keep that up next year with Lillard back or with whoever they trade Damian Lillard for. So I like Anthony Simons a lot. I already said Jalen Brunson. I wish, like I said, I wish I could say, hey guys, here's what we're going to get next season from Cole Anthony. But Cole Anthony is part of a point guard pack that includes Jalen Suggs and Markel Fultz and, you know, uh, RJ Hampton. I don't know what Orlando's going to do with their point guard, and they're nowhere near the playoffs, right? Tyrese Halliburton obviously is a a young star who's getting a uh, massive promotion to be the the face of the Pacers franchise here. And, uh, And yet I can't say that he's taking them to the playoffs next season. But I like what he brings to the table. Uh, you know, other non-playoff guys who have a chance to shine would be Kevin Porter Jr., undervalued now because a lot of people have already taken that ride and they don't think he can do it, but it seems like March and April he was awesome. Killian Hayes started to play a big role for the, the Pistons and Sadiq Bay. That guy can score in bunches, but I can't pick a Piston. I really can't pick a Piston. I can't pick a Nick. You know, R.J. Barrett is a well-known name, but his card values are way down right now. Keldon Johnson, fantastic player, but the Spurs are barely a playoff team, and I don't know what they'll be next year. Cameron Johnson, underperforming here in the playoffs. He He still has a chance, I guess, to step up his game and become one of those guys that's a breakout for next year, but I don't know you know, and, and what kind of contract he's going to get. So I look at Oklahoma city and, uh, friends, I think Shake Gilgis Alexander already is an all-star superstar, but on a team where he, he's getting no support really. And I don't see any playoffs in their future unless they start to package those young guys and picks together to get some stars around Shea Gilgis Alexander, where he is, uh, He's not carrying the whole thing himself. I see I see him and, you know, what's not to like about some of the guys around him? Josh Giddy, Trey Mann. Uh, but it's, it's going to be hard to find the next Tyrese Maxey or to predict that. And, and maybe that's why we're doing a deeper dive here and get the chance to look through a lot of the NBA rosters and decisions they make in the in the summer. I really like what I see from Bones Highland over there in Denver. I really do. I don't know that he's got an increased role next year with Jamal Murray coming back. You know, you want guys that can score points, and to score points, you have to have the ball in your hand. So guys that uh, run their offenses, like Jalen Brunson does, guys that run the second unit or play off the ball but still initiate offense, kind of like Tyrese Maxey has done all season, with uh with now it's with James Harden but you get what I'm saying I don't know really what Herb Jones will do next year I don't know I mean he's he had a, some great moments this year <clears throat> I like Io Desunmu from the Bulls but again once they get Lonzo Ball back and get a full season of Alex Caruso if that's a thing I don't know what Io Desunmu is actually capable of or what, what they're going to need him to do. Taylor Horton Tucker for the Lakers is uh, one of the ultimate tease players because he can have three games in a row where he goes 20 points, 10 boards, five assists, and then doesn't play for a month. <laughs> uh, 
it's going to be hard, guys, to find the next Tyrese Maxey. And there doesn't have to actually be one. There doesn't. He may be some dude in college right now. Maybe Colin Sexton coming back from injury for the Cavaliers. And he's part of a dynamic backcourt that, that they go deep in the playoffs next year. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, dude just has to play more and get more shots up. Really. Grant Williams doing well, but he's always going to be fourth or fifth option on offense when he's in the game. Uh, you know, campaign doesn't get to play enough. Tyus Jones is interesting for Memphis, but he's never going to be, you know, anything but a backup point guard there. So I would be curious who you guys think will be moved into a starting role or moved into a place where he's going to, he's going to have to, uh, handle the ball more, shoot the ball more. I, I wonder about, I mentioned Oklahoma city. Like if one of those players they end up dealing is Theo Maladon, that guy has had some very good games and has shown he can do a lot when he's running the offense. So, uh, but again, he doesn't, doesn't really get the opportunity with that current roster. Um, would love to know who you think could be next year's Tyrese Maxey. If you could email me hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're like, dude, I ain't telling you I've been, I've been buying up Patrick Williams cards, uh, you know, a dime, a dollar, you know, and, and just stacking up your pile. That's going to make you a lot of money next year. I understand that Patrick Williams has a ton of potential. So does James Wiseman. You do you, man. Gary Payton could be on your radar. Uh, for a while, I thought Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He had a chance there with New Orleans, and he just blew it. He, he was shooting so, so terribly from the field in November and December that, that the, the Pelicans just gave up on him. So buried under uh, a depth chart are guys like Jalen Noel up in Minnesota, who when he gets 30 minutes a game, that guy produces and looks like he could have a future in the league. And then he doesn't play for two weeks. So, yeah. Who do you think it is? What players am I missing out on? Should I be looking at more big guys for breakout seasons? Should I be thinking more, you know, that that card investors start to recognize guys like Jarrett Allen and values for DeAndre Ayton go up and people actually know what Bobby Portis is for Milwaukee? Um, you know. But as far as the next Maxi, a guy in his first or second or third year for next season, my answer is a firm, I don't know. I don't know. I hope to be able to, for my own sake, like I want to get another dude that I'm, that I, that I'm tracking with and buying before the rest of you and see him just, just emerge next season. I, I want to find that guy. And when I do, I'll be telling you guys about him all the time. If I had to say that, you know, Right now, what player I'm going to emphasize in the offseason for buying at a discount, I'm going to say the two guys I'm already chasing, Garland and Maxi. I'm just going to keep buying them. But I also I also have seen enough of Anthony Simons to say yes. Yes, I'm building a stack of Anthony Simons cards. Yes, I'm building a stack of Desmond Bain cards. Yes, if you want to unload your Jalen Brunson Silvers, I'm your guy, right? Those are three guys that I think, yep, they've already arrived and it's just a matter of time. It is just a matter of time. And those three players I mentioned are all, well, Simons is not on a playoff team, but they could be with a healthy Lillard, healthy Nurkic, 
they could be a playoff team. Uh, not counting on it, not predicting it. Don't don't even quote me that I said this. Don't even tell me what Josh Hart did in his in his little month there in Portland <clears throat> and how he played like an all-star for, for a couple of weeks there. You know, I don't know. That's my genius answer for you. I don't know. I hope to say I don't know yet, right? Because in a, in a couple months, uh, situa- circumstances could change and a guy might be promoted, a guy might be traded, a guy might have the starter in front of him dealt and all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, a big new role for this young guy. And um, yeah, then we'll talk, right? Listen to Hoops and Cards all summer. I'm just going to keep you in suspense. No, seriously, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to know. I want to dig and have some conversations with guests coming up where we're like, hey, speculate a little bit with me. Who is, if there is one, right? Who is the next young guy that's going to break out, have the ball in his hands in playoff time, and someone's going to say to him, look, dude, Embiid is out. We need you to go score 30. And he does it again and again. Is that Cameron Payne? Probably not. Because he doesn't even have Joel Embiid on his team. No, you know what I'm saying. Who is it? The quest begins the summer of 22. So this is really only one question. What would you do? I'm sorry. Was I sitting with you guys yesterday when I told you that Tyrese Maxey was going to be the most important player in a Philadelphia uniform? Did you guys forget that? Look. Maxie is so dynamic. He does his at both ends of the floor. Well, guys, that's a wrap for today's episode of Hoops and Cards. And I uh, hope you enjoy watching the NBA playoffs. Uh, I did have two other names come to mind after the last segment that uh, I think guys that have potential to do a lot more uh, they're both in Los Angeles. Go figure. I like Amir Coffee. I have made some money on flipping Amir Coffee cards because I'll buy a autographed Amir Coffee Select Silver for five bucks because people think Amir Coffee. Who's that? They put it in the five dollar box. I buy it, <clears throat> flip it, and um, you know, often those cards sell after Amir Coffee's gotten a start for the Clippers and has twenty five or thirty. You can look at his game log. He has flashed the ability to put up some points. Uh, The other guy is no stranger to the rest of us. It's Malik Monk. Malik Monk was uh, ridiculous in the last two months for the Lakers, and he was like the one bright spot in their season, if you ask me, which you did not. But Malik Monk is a good player, and he's going to get to pick where he plays next year, I believe. So I like his cards as well. I have some of them, not in a hurry to sell any. I uh, think he's got a good future. And, uh, you know, we start naming other players like DeJounte Murray, and you, you, you kind of wind up going back and back. These are a bit older guys that are now just finally getting the chance to be breakout Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Dude, he's been playing that way for the last three years. Breakout Pascal Siakam. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, I'm not arguing. De'Aaron Fox is underappreciated, but I'm not calling any of these guys the next Tyrese Maxey. That is part of the quest for the buying season to, to come this summer. Uh, yeah, I 
love our Hoops and Cards community. Thank you so much for listening. Want to invite you, like I said earlier, to please check out Hoops Plus. That's at uh, anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe. And yes, would love to have you listen to our Deeper Dive podcasts uh, as a part of Hoops Plus. Get in on prizes. The Discord community that we have has some uh, special opportunities there. But really, it's at the end of the day, it's your way of supporting our podcast and a basketball card only, which we're kind of still a unicorn. There's not a lot of basketball card only podcasts on there. There's not a lot of people doing this, uh, but I believe there's no off season when it comes to basketball cards. So I'm a, I'm an NBA fan 12 months a year. Swish 365. If you know what I'm saying, Northeast Ohio. All right, that's it. Have a great weekend. See ya. Oh, put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet!